story is a true story. It was told to me by my ancestors, 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 ancestor. And it takes us into a world of poverty in medieval England, where there were two classes of people, the rich and the poor. And our father and our daughter were poor. They scraped a living on the poor soil that was granted to them by the Lord of the Manor. And they weren't allowed to keep the crops that they did grow. So every winter was a, it was harsh. And one day a new Lord of the Manor came and he was reported to be a bit, be a bit different from the usual high and mighty sort of falcon flying well he did fly a falcon but that's a that's a bit later on in the story and he was maybe whimsical that's it he was whimsical well the father said um, daughter i think it's time to try our luck will we're going to see this this lord of the manor and we will ask him to grant us land on which to grow our own crops and build our own cottage instead of living in this thatched shack that is cold in the winter and too hot in the summer and well I know it's a bit of a journey but come on we'll try it so off the father and daughter went and waited their turn to see this new lord of the manor well daughter was indeed a good-looking girl and father was hoping that the lord of the manor might notice this and sure enough he did and he granted them an audience and the father said lord we need just a small patch of land to grow our own crops we want you to grant us this land and the lord of the manor laughed what 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 do you what do you think i am how can I give you land and refuse it to other people? I can't go around giving my land away. Well, because he, uh, he was looking the daughter up and down, as it were, he thought, hmm, I'll, I'll set a riddle. And if they can answer this riddle, then I'll give them a plot of land. So he said to the father, I am going to set you a riddle. You solve the riddle and I will give you a little plot of land for yourself. 
you can become a small farmer. Well, the, the, the father thought, <laughs> I'm no good at riddles, but, well, daughter's a bit clever, so maybe she can, maybe she can uh, sort it out. So he, he stood and listened to the riddle. Lord of the Manor said, what is higher than the highest, lower than the lowest, greater than God, worse than the devil? And if we ate the devil's food, we would die. Well, ominous silence and daughter pipes up. I know, I know the answer, I know. The answer is nothing. Well, Lord of the Manor was taken aback, but hmm, not just a pretty face, eh? So he said, well, I did promise. I'll grant you your field and place to, place to grow your vegetables. And off they went back to their land and they were well pleased well pleased with their efforts and uh, the father was industrious and he worked very hard and by by autumn time they got vegetables to harvest and they got some chickens and oh, they, they they were quite well set up for winter one day when the father was harvesting his vegetables, he, his spade made a clunking sound. Hmm, what could that be? Not another rock. He'd got enough rocks out of this land to build himself a cottage anyway, but he'd got to get this one out. So he dug and he dug round it, but it wasn't a rock. It was a golden cup. Daughter, daughter, come and look at this. Do you, look what I've found. Do you think it's gold? Do you think it's gold, daughter? And daughter looked at it and said, Yes, father, I rather think it is gold. And the father said, I know, I know what I'll do. I know, I know, I'll, I'll, to, 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 to get some favour with the Lord of the Manor, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him as a present. And daughter said, oh, please, no, please don't do this, father, please don't do it. Why ever not? Because, she said, the Lord of the Manor will not believe that you have found one golden cup. He will believe that there is treasure in this land and he will want to know where the rest of the treasure is. And he said, the father said, well, I haven't found any more treasure. And daughter said, yes, I know that and you know that. But the Lord of the Manor does not think like that. Oh, don't be so ridiculous, daughter. And, I mean, do parents ever listen to their children? And this one certainly did not.
he decided he was going to give this cup to the Lord of the Manor in gratitude for his land and to curry some more favour. So off he went to the castle. Well, the gift was well accepted. I mean, a golden cup, it was very ornately carved, looked like it might have been, well, crafted for somebody important and and I'm afraid the daughter's opinion on the Lord of the Manor was quite right. After he had handed over the cup, the Lord of the Manor snapped his fingers and two, two soldiers came and marched the father down to the dungeons. The Lord of the Manor said, does he think I am stupid? Where there is one cup, there is more, there is a saucer, there are other golden ornaments. Torture him until he tells you where the rest of the treasure is. Well, they tried. They, they, they threatened him with red-hot pokers in horrible places and every time the chief torturer came towards him with a poker, the father just yelled at the top of his voice, I should have listened to my daughter. And he did this every time until the torturer went up to the Lord of the Mariner. He said, I've tried. He said, but every time I show him the red hot pokers or, or hold him over the fire, all he shouts is, I should have listened to my daughter. Well, you better bring him to me then. Let's see what I can make of him. So up he's brought and he's in a bitty, bit of rough state by now. And the Lord of the Manor said, Oh, you look, well, you look as if you've been tortured. Yes, said the father, but I have no more treasure to give you. I promise you, I did not find any more treasure. Well, we'll see about that. He said, I want you. And he was remembering the daughter at this point. He thought, hmm, I'll get her back here to the castle. So he said, I'm going to give you some instructions and I want you to listen carefully. I want you to, in, within three days, I want you to come back here with your daughter. I want your daughter to be unclothed but not naked. I want her to be not riding but not walking either and I want her to give me a gift that is not a gift and I want her to come to me not in the daylight and not at night. And if you can fulfill those 
instructions, I will let you live. So off goes the father back to his cottage and he says, Oh daughter, oh daughter, oh daughter, we're in trouble now. The Lord of the manor wants to see you. He wants you to come to him, but he's left strict instructions about how you're going to get there. And if you don't get there by following his instructions, he's going to kill me. He's going to chop my head off and put it on the, on the battlements on a spike. Oh, it can't be that bad, she said. Tell me what he said. So the father repeated the instructions and the, the daughter thought for a, a few minutes and then said, I want you to buy three things. I want you to go and get me, buy me a fisherman's net, a goat and a dove. Well, he didn't question. I'll give him that. He didn't question. He went off and he bought these three things home for his daughter. And she put the, the dove into a wooden cage so that she could carry it. And she made her preparations. She took off all her clothes and wrapped herself in the fisher's, fisherman's net. Hence, she was not clothed, but she wasn't naked either. She sort of straddled the goat so that her feet were touching the floor but not quite walking and not quite riding. And she carried the dove in its cage. She arranged in her mind to get there. Just as the dawn was breaking, but before the sun rose, so it was neither day nor night when she got there. She had fulfilled the Lord of the Manor's instructions. And so she was brought in front of the Lord of Manor in his chamber. And there she stood, wrapped in the fisherman's net, holding the, the birdcage. He thought, she is beautiful. And then he said to her, well, you have one more condition to fulfill. And she reached into the cage and gently took out a white dove. Held out her hands to the Lord and he held his hands out to accept the dove and as she opened her hands the dove flew away and was never seen again. She had bought him a gift that was not a gift. Oh, he was delighted. There and then he said to our daughter, please marry me and live with me in this castle and share with me your wisdom.
while she thought about the hard work in the fields and the hours standing over the hot cooking pot, stirring and stirring and stirring, and there was no contest. She agreed instantly to marry the Lord. And this they did, and they rubbed together quite, quite well. She demonstrated her wisdom and they, with the, the plants that she knew what, what they did and how they healed people and, and the people loved her. And the people loved her so much that a little voice started niggling at the back of the Lord's mind. How can you live with this woman who is patently cleverer than you are? And he thought, well, I quite like living with this woman that is cleverer than I am. She gives me good advice and, and we rub together quite well. And well, I know I'll I'll go to her with a proposition. He found her and said, Wife, wife, I need you to promise me something. What is it? She said. I need you to promise that you will never argue with me in front of my subjects my peasants, the people who I make judgments on. And she said, well, that's a strange request, but yes, of course I'll make the promise. I, I won't argue with you in front of your people. And our Lord was satisfied with that until one day he was called to make judgment on the calf that two farmers were claiming was theirs. Aylric the farmer had a cow and the cow gave birth in the field. It wandered into the field of Cedric and Cedric had horses in the field and the, the cow gave birth between the two horses. And Cedric said, well, obviously the calf belongs to me. And Elric said, but, but it, it was my cow. And if you take that calf from me, it means that I will not have milk and butter and cheese for the winter. But Cedric was struggling himself and he didn't care. He called for the Lord of the manor to make judgment. And on one of his hunting trips, the Lord stopped at the farm and looked into the field and saw the calf between the two horses and said, Ah. Isn't that beautiful? Of course it's your calf, Cedric. 
Well, Aylric was devastated, didn't know what to do. Obviously, the calf was his, but Cedric wasn't going to give it back. So there was no use arguing with the Lord, was there? So he'd have to find another way. And he thought, ah, I will go and I will see his lady wife. His lady wife is wise. She will, she will help me. So off he went to the castle and was granted an, an audience with the Lord's wife because she was a, a, a woman of the people. And Aylric told his story. Well, the wife thought for a few moments and and then said, Aylric, get yourself a fishing rod. And when my lord rides across the drawbridge with his falcon to go hunting, you make all the moves that a fisherman would make. But you're doing it in the green field the grass. So, well, she was a wise woman, he would do as he was bid. So he went and got himself a, a fishing rod and waited until the Lord came out with his party, his hunting party, falcon on his wrist and oh, grand, bells jingling. What a sight. But then he spotted Aelric casting his rod and line into the green, middle of the green field. And he stopped and he said, Aelric, what are you doing? You have no chance of catching a fish in the middle of a green field. Have you lost your mind? And Aelric said, no, my lord, I have as much chance of catching a fish in the middle of your green field as two horses giving birth to a calf. Oh, our lord came, stopped up sharp, went very red, said, oh, 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 Aelric, I have made a mistake, you. I will get your calf back to you. But you could see that he was not pleased. He rode back into the castle straight away. He wasn't going hunting that day. Stormed off to find his wife. Wife. Have you been giving your wisdom to Aelric? Have you told him to point out to me that that calf 
is Ailrick's and not Cedric's. And what could our wife say? I mean, she had done it and she said, Yes, my lord, but I couldn't see him starve throughout the winter. That argument did not cut any ice with our Lord. He stormed and huffed and threw things and he was very angry indeed because he said, you promised, you promised not to argue with me in public and look what you have done. You must go, you must leave me, you must leave this castle. Well, she was devastated, but he had spoken and she must do the best with it that she could. And he softened a little when he looked at her and he said, oh, for what we have been to each other, he said, you may take what is most precious to you from this castle. You may take your precious thing back to your father's house. And she said, well, that is very kind of you. And I would make one request of you that I can cook you your last meal of my being here and we can we can part as friends and so he agreed and he ate the delicious meal and he drank and drank and drank red red wine and fell asleep on his arms across the table in a very unhappy sleep. As he stirred from his slumbers the next day, he looked around him and couldn't believe where he was. What, what's going on? This, 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 there's an earthen floor, there's, 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 there's wood. I mean, am I in my own dungeon? And his wife stood before him and said, Husband, you told me before I left the castle that I could take the most precious of my things with me and you are that precious thing. And the Lord wept. How could he have done this to his wife, his beautiful wife? His temper had got the better of him and he begged, he begged to be taken back, to be given another chance and this time he said, your father can come and live in the castle too and we will mend our relationship, we will mend our marriage. And you, if you forgive me, and she said, 
I, of course, I forgive you. And in a rather sort of patronising way. And off they went to live in luxury. Well, I'd like to tell you that they lived without argument for the rest of their days, but that was not correct. He argued sometimes with his wife's advice and, and they usually came to some sort of compromise. That was the word, compromise. But on the whole, they lived into old age with one another and the people around them were content because she was the clever daughter.